Well, after an hour or so playing around with lights, it's time to get started, right? <laughs> Here we are, episode number 54. Can you believe it? I can't. We're just cruising along. We're just cruising along. And guess what? On this episode, we got something special. We got a guest that's from way back. From way back. So, if you want to meet someone new, someone we haven't had on the program yet, someone with uh, knowledge in multiple areas, then uh, you need to stay right here. Yes, today we've got a, a friend of mine, a designer friend, my first designer friend, I dare say going way back to high school. He and I were, were friends and competitors, if that's possible, right? We were always vying for the teacher's attention, the praise of others, and for that ultimate prize in high school creative, right? And what is that? That's right, the Sterling Scholar of art or art sterling scholar and I had the art part but I didn't have the scholar part and that's where my friend Mr. Christopher Compton who is joining us shortly excelled. He was not only a designer slash artist but he was a scholar and I tip my hat to you sir well played. I don't know if I was that gracious back in the day. I came up with excuses as to why the system was rigged or whatever, but no, he is definitely deserving, as you'll as you'll soon find out. In an, in addition to his skills as a designer and overall creative, he has something else that he brings to this table here on Create or Die. He has been creating for several years his own podcast. Now, there was so much goodness in this episode. My conversation with Chris just was full of energy and we could have just kept going. And it, it, it didn't happen this way on purpose, but we ended up splitting the time between talking about design and and the importance of critiques and developing that thick skin that we need as a commercial artist or creative in, uh, in the working fields. But uh, in addition to that, we talked about his podcast, kind of what he's learned over the years, uh, advice that he has for people just starting out or thought of creating content in that way. Uh, so a lot of really valuable stuff. In today's episode, we're going to focus on the design side of things. And then the next episode, we're going we're gonna to dive deep into everything podcast and podcast creative related. Okay, So buckle up and, and be ready for that. But before we get too far along, 
I'd like to thank today's sponsor, Reese's Pieces. If they're good enough for E.T., they're good enough for you. I'll take that one to the bank. Not to mention, Halloween's a coming, and these little guys, not a choking hazard. They're small, they're smooth, they go down real nice. I may demonstrate at some point in this episode. So, Reese's Pieces, our faux advertiser and sponsor who is not aware of this ad, nor would they be happy with how I've represented their brand, but that's okay. We're here to pave trails. We're here to do things that, you know, shake up the industry. You know, those big brands, Hershey's, Mars, Reese's, Coke, whatever, they're, they're behind the times, you know? They wanna make the real money. They want the, the users, the people who are gonna bathe in Reese's Pieces, you know, buy freaking 40 gallons worth, then this is the program for them. And, and someday they'll realize that. <laughs> but seriously, folks, uh, I'm, I'm super excited about this episode and, and to, to kind of tee it up. You know, I know I don't normally do this, but uh, we're going there. Okay, so, so bear with me. But I just want to kind of share some of my thoughts about design, critique, and the importance of it that you'll, you'll hear in our conversation that I delivered a harsh critique at one point in my career, and I think it, it was, in the end, a merciful decision. It wasn't that uh, ruinous empathy quadrant that we read about in, in Radical Candor. It was the most radical candor one could hope to achieve. And I, and I you know, I did that. <laughs> so you'll be the judge of was I too harsh or not. So with that on your mind, let me just kind of set the stage even further. So I'm of the opinion that, you know, people can learn anything they put their minds to, you know. Uh, some of us, it comes easier to draw, or we have an eye for design, or we take to clay like a seal of the water, I don't know. And we can sculpt, you know, masterful, pieces, not to be confused with Reese's pieces, but uh, there is an important ingredient in there. You know, you can't just go blindly through the motions and practice at this craft without any guidance or direction, and that guidance and direction sometimes comes in the form of, you know, books things you see online or as you're consuming good creative in general and, and if you, you know, and maybe you do need some kind of an eye for design to be able to say, that's good, that isn't, and this is why, and mine looks more like the not good stuff. But unfortunately, I think there 
there's a group of people that wouldn't know good design, good creative, if it bit them on the nose, okay? And those people in this field, now, if you were to put me some other field like doctoring or dentistry, you know, I probably wouldn't take to it right away and I'd need some serious, you know, come to Jesus moments about like, hey, you're holding that utensil wrong, your hands are just too gargantuan to fit into someone's mouth for dentistry. So, you know, I may not be equipped for that. And I, I totally agree and understand. When it comes to creative, it's hard because it's subjective, right? You know, there is something to be said about, hey, I like this thing, you may not, but it still has value. And someone else may say the same thing. I like this other thing, and you may not, but if we peel back the layers, we can see that it took some skill, there is some cohesion in the design language of both. One happens to be one that appeals to me, one doesn't, whatever. So all that aside, what I'm saying is that there is a place that exists where subjectivity cannot help you, okay? <laughs> so in those cases, you need an outside force to come in and shake things up, you know, slap you upside the head so hard that maybe it jiggles something loose to help you see. So in, in the critique that I'm referring to, I mean, this was probably back 2012, 2013, so, you know, nigh into, well, that's a decade ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. And I thought I was riding pretty high. I thought I knew what I was talking about. And I did, and I do, to some extent. But, but honestly, it truly shocked me that this person had been... I mean, they had started out as a photographer, they had learned Photoshop or Photoshop elements at the time, and they're like, hey, I know digital art, I can do this. And then they, you know, enrolled into the local community college, which had an art program, and made their way through it and graduated with some kind of graphic design degree. And then, was frustrated because after years of trying, they were not landing those positions or maybe even getting an interview. And so a friend of a friend type of scenario came to, to me, it got to me eventually like, hey, you own a business, you have designers, creatives there, can you get your creative to just give us some, some pointers so that our daughter, who is a woman, can get a position somewhere and use, you know, this degree that she worked so hard, apparently, to acquire. And so I was like, yeah, man, I'll do you a solid. Show me that, uh, show me that portfolio. And as you'll hear from, you know, in my conversation with Chris here momentarily, 
I told it to her straight. It was not, it was not good. So keep that in mind. You know, that, that was my thought and I felt like, hey, I'm doing you a service. No one else has told you this. I mean, I was like playing Simon Cowell on, you know, American Idol or The X Factor, which he seems to be pretty nice on that. Um, where it's like, I know your mom told you that you can sing, but I'm here to say that she was straight up lying to you or she's tone deaf herself. You know, it's the same thing with design and creative. Okay, so, you know, if that's something that interests you and you want to hear the full story and kind of where I went and my thoughts and Chris's on that, stick with us. So, without further ado, my old high school friend, creative director, designer, podcaster, content creator, mustache, sporting, currently not, but has a goatee. Awesome dude, Chris. Chris, my man Compton, thanks for joining me on the, the little little program we got here. Yeah, I'm so excited and happy to be here. Uh, happy to reconnect with you. Yeah. I I don't know if it's relevant, but you and I go way back, so it's so cool. Far. Yeah, yeah, I dare say that uh, you're you're the guest that I go farthest furthest back with so we're talking high school right yeah way yeah, back back in the roy high yeah go royals <laughs> yeah That's i had awesome. a lot more hair back then yeah and less gray hey didn't didn't we all yep that's why hats have become my best friend Yep, and, I, and speaking of hats, you've got a nice one. Now, is that a uh, Chris Doe hat? It's or well, not? Chris Doe wears it. Okay, but yeah. it was he created by God as a designer. Um, his name's Diaz Avedo, His last name. Okay. Um, it was co- collab with them, and then okay. Chris Doe wears it all the time. And, yeah, um, he's got some sure. sweet, sweet gear that he makes mm-hmm. um, I have a hoodie that he has it's pretty sick and t-shirt so nice yeah. okay okay I know when we caught up on a call a few weeks ago we talked about him and now you're wearing a hat I've seen him wear I didn't know the whole backstory there so oh, that's awesome yeah go to God is a designer I think it's let's see you can cut this out if you want but just God is a designer. Yeah, God is a designer.com. It's sick. Buy their stuff. He's very cool. A- yeah. Angel or Angel Acevedo. Is okay. The guy. Cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. We'll uh, make sure that's written across the bottom on, if, if someone's consuming the visual version of this podcast. I did not get any money from that guy. It was yeah. just a cool <laughs> a cool thing that I that I like. So Yeah. No, we had to had to bring it up. Can't not mention that sweetheart. So so yeah, so we go way back and, and uh during our conversation I'm sure that'll come up a little bit more. And uh you know I know the answer to this, but for the benefit of our audience, 
tell me a little bit more about uh, you, how you create, and uh, let's see where that goes. Awesome. Yeah. Well, first of all, I love your show name, Creates Cool. I like your backdrop. It's way cooler than my home office where everyone seems to work. (laughs) But I've been a creative director for many, many years. Uh, I've worked in the manufacturing and branding of mobile accessories space for 12 plus years. So I'm really good at that area of design, but I can do other design, but that's kind of where I've been for a long time. I've worked for various companies a lot. It's weird in Utah where I live. There's a ton of, it's like a hotbed of screen protection and mobile accessories. I, I don't know yeah. why, but yeah. so I've yeah, I just a had a, those a, companies. a friend, a colleague just get hired at, at Zag. So that's probably one of your, the competitors to places you've worked or whatever. Yeah, I almost went and worked there way back when. But yeah, I've worked for Gadget Guard and Fortress, and now I'm working with Liquipel. So yeah, yeah, lots of lots of screen protectors and cables and power and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm sure we could uh, hypothesize why screen protectors are needed, especially here in Utah. Maybe it's because people have little kids they give their phone to and. Hey, if you want to give your listeners a really great way to fall asleep, we can talk about it for as long as you like. Okay. All right. Well, move, move along, man. Good call. Uh, but <laughs> that's, that's just so, one part of you. Yeah. I, I mean, I love developing new products from like sourcing, designing, manufacturing, the branding process, packaging you know, refining revisions after it's gone to market and see how you can tweak it to better sell. Like it's all about making money. That's what it comes down to. And uh, also, you know, related to your show, I I love that you have this show. Um, I also have a podcast. Hopefully we get to talk about podcasting on this show because it's what I've been getting into and I've produced and created 200 shows of my own show yeah that's so impressive i love it yeah so you're like uh light years ahead of where i'm at because we just celebrated our our one year 52nd 53rd episode i think we just dropped this week and so yeah 200 plus that's that's impressive and and i'm sure the audience will will enjoy hearing about your your learnings and and all of that and so to kind of it's a good segue it's one of those tricks that they tell you to do you know um tell me a little bit more about how did you get into podcasting because you know didn't have necessarily to do anything to do with uh your day job did it or your uh, no. making of mobile phones no, did not. yeah um i mean so it's it's kind of an interesting segue from like design how i got into design and then how i got into podcasting i mean everyone and their dog seems like they have a podcast now um i i didn't get into it that way um but going back to my origin like i used i had adamantium claws no i i (laughs) I grew up watching my dad work on 
end cap displays at Sears. And he also did like sign painting and he did like custom stained glass windows for clients. He even was selected for to go restore the palace stained glass windows in Guatemala. That's amazing. When I was, oh no, it was, yeah, it was Guatemala. The Guatemalan palace, there was some uprising and yeah. I guess a lot of their stuff got destroyed. And, That's something uh, I didn't know about you. I, I didn't know that your father was so creative because, you know, obviously my interaction with him, I didn't take his class, but I knew he taught oh, yeah. Spanish. Yeah. He, yeah. He also taught Spanish at the high yeah. school that, that we went to. Yeah. And uh, I would have been living in Guatemala for a couple of years in my, probably my junior high days. Yeah. So, but it, it didn't ever happen. And, at the time, you know, as kids, you don't really understand like how cool an experience like that would be. But yeah. I was like, I don't want to leave, man. I got my friends and all this cool stuff that I do here. I don't want to go to Guatemala. I can't even say it right. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so anyway, my dad was pretty creative, always working on creating stuff. Um, and I also had an amazing teacher the same teacher as the Eichster, yeah. Mrs. Morrison, That's that nice. really got me thinking about graphic design a whole lot more than I had, because I thought I was going to be this cool, fine artist <laughs> that would like create these right. amazing drawings and paintings that would sell for millions of dollars. People and, would just line up for them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, was, and I thought, well... Uh, that's probably not where the money's going to be unless I'm really good. And, yeah. uh, so and most I, of the fine artists don't, don't make a lot of money till after they're dead. So that was kind of a problem too. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't want to accelerate that, that part of <laughs> the right. equation. So, and I just remember like, I was thinking back, um, she got some like Macintosh color classics. I think there was like three or four that she was able to get somehow. And it really was like a turning point of what I wanted to do, particularly when we started using like, I think it was like Illustrator 2.0 or 3.0 or something crazy like that. And we were doing typesetting and like playing around with fonts. And I just like, I was like, this is what I want to do for sure. And uh, rest, rest in peace. Mrs. Morrison, uh, she was a she was a really cool mentor, and she worked in like sign, this yeah, young like electric sign Yesco. company, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for like years, and so she was a, a designer. So it was really cool to have like someone like that in to to teach and mentor you. So it was cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was your experience like with her? Oh, like, great question. Because you know, I was going to say I I don't think I appreciated her as much as I should have until later in life and looking back at it and I was like oh man no that was really um you know valuable and and she you know I don't know did she ever use the term graphic design I always remember commercial art it was a a commercial artist and that's a a term that we don't hear as much anymore but it does kind of encapsulate a lot about a lot of what we do um but yeah I remember up until her class, you know, it didn't matter what I did. It was great. 
our teachers were like, yeah, you're amazing. Just take your A and leave, you know? <laughs> but then she really challenged me and, and pushed me and was like, yeah, you know, this is good, but your, your anatomy sucks. And I'd be like, what? You can't what? say that. Everyone, everyone thinks I'm the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I remember working with her on uh, one of the covers for the yearbook and she was really on me about my line weights and stuff. And, and that was something I just never heard before. And she was trying to get me to draw an ellipse, ellipsis, whatever, correctly. And all these things that were just, just isn't it good enough? So so she, she really introduced me to the whole <laughs> idea of like real criticism and critique and and what that means and, and helped to toughen me up a little bit. So I, yeah, I really appreciate her and I was, um, you know, unfortunately I was off on my uh, two-year church service mission, I think, when she, she passed. And um, so that was really uh, heartbreaking to hear. Yeah. I, I, re I remember when you brought that up, like critiques in general, Yeah, I don't know what kids do in design classes in high school or even college now, because I've been yeah. so far removed from it. But I distinctly remember sitting around in like a, a space where you got up and here's mm -hmm. my work and you had to describe it. And then sh people like tore it up. And yeah. I think it really prepared me. I think a lot of designers, when I, I remember, you know, through my career, I've been doing this for 20 years and there's a lot of people who get their feelings hurt really quick, super early on in their career. And it's like crushing. And I was like, Oh yeah, it sucks. Kind of, I'll make it better. You know, I, it didn't, it didn't hurt me as much. And I think it was because of her ability to bring that in so early in, in yeah. our, you know, teaching of like, okay, this is a time where we're going to get, make this stuff better and, yeah. uh, get ready to get a little, some, some hurts they're coming right no for reals like my believe it or not i have a 21 year old daughter who's at uvu and so she's going to she's going through the animation program there she wants to be a storyboard artist and um you know i hear they have critiques but from the sound of it it's kind of like everybody's a winner pat you on the back and everybody take their even, trophy even there even in the college level i think so i mean i think the the instructor will yeah well no i mean he'll he'll even dance around it because you know and and so i i unfortunately i think we're creating a softer generation yeah. that's too bad man people need some tough love and and uh that's really the when we start learning the most is when we're when we're hurt, hurt i guess i don't know how to say it but like when we're hurting not hurting but like yeah. like trying to grow you know yeah. if, if ever everything's always hunky-dory like that's not good and i don't know about you i i remember a few years back i had a uh, you know my boss who wasn't a designer had an acquaintance who um who her daughter or whatever wanted to get into design and he asked me to review her portfolio for and and she'd just been trying to get through the door at a company for years she considered herself a photographer and could 
you know, kind of use Photoshop for that. So you might as well be a designer, right? Um, hey, I can open the program. I'm a designer. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so I don't know what it was, but I, I got the portfolio. I looked at it. It was absolutely horrific. Like I'd be embarrassed if, you know, a junior high person had come to me with this portfolio and I'm like, no one's done it a service to this woman it's and so i was super hard i was just like and i may lose some listeners by sharing this and that's okay but uh (laughs) but no i i was just like you know you should really consider pursuing something different because you are not anywhere close to remotely where you should be at this stage, you said you've gone through college, and that makes me weep that you somehow <laughs> made it through. So well, that, and, and what are they going to get to when they get into the workforce? I mean, yeah. I, I can't imagine creative directors and art directors being like, "Oh yeah, this is re- this will be really good for our annual report. <laughs> right. You know, this is going to help our bottom line." Your crappy type, you know, letting yeah. like, yeah. come on. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I really won't. I really hate to be like the bad guy, and I, I avoid, um, you know, contention. I'm a peacemaker. I look to make people. You are happy. a you're a teddy bear. That's yeah. for sure. Thanks, thanks. I'm not. <laughs> but I just felt like you know, this person's wasting their life away chasing something that there's just no there's no hope and. Yeah. And she can either take that advice and maybe move on and become a successful, you know, um, law assistant or something. I don't know. Yeah, something (laughs) other than this. Yeah. Or she can prove me wrong and be like, I'll show that. Which is awesome. You know, like, I have this saying in my life, uh, spiteful achievement is my mm-hmm. most favorite thing when someone tells me you suck and i'm like oh really yeah. check this out and <laughs> and that's when i like excel even more right. is when people tell me i suck yeah. so yeah. yeah i like so it so hopefully but i remember my boss came back to me later and was like whoa really so are you, are you sure you okay you did you went there and i was like yep and Okay. <laughs> so well hopefully anyway. it helped her. I yeah, I hope so too. I yeah. Isn't that great? I mean seriously. So I apologize, I'm not finished with my uh my Reese's yet, but uh that was a good that was a good conversation Chris and I had, I think. Uh tell me what you think, you know? Leave it in the comments. I wanna thank Chris again and, and remember that's just the first little third or so of my full conversation with Chris next week we're going to get into podcasting and we're going to get into the ins and the outs the learnings that he's had with over 200 episodes of production the tools that he's introduced to help make his podcast just super awesome So in preparation for next week's episode, be sure to check out Chris's podcast, Should You Watch This, 
with the popcorn priest, Mr. Chris Compton himself. Uh, I think I think you'll find it extremely entertaining, as I have, and I look forward to catching up on all of the the past episodes. But before we uh, send this and call it good, I just want to call out Chris's background. Now, in my setup of the interview, you weren't able to see the full picture of what was going on. And I just want to make sure to call this out because he's got some fun stuff back there. So if you'll notice, he's got the Popcorn Priest jersey there in the background, yellow with the green number 10. I don't know if that has any significance. Uh, maybe Chris can chime in on the, on the comments on YouTube or whatever with uh, his thoughts there. And then you check out that sweet shirt that I am guessing Chris probably designed himself. Moustache de Mayo, which is something he's been a part of for a decade plus, if not two, where he'll grow a mustache all May and sport it around the town like a boss. Now you might say, yeah, that's no big deal. I see people with mustaches these days. Well, guess who you can thank for that? Mr. Chris Compton. I'm pretty sure he played an integral part in making those sexy again. You know, handlebar mustaches, you know, the little twirly twirlies, whatever you call them. <laughs> yes, my man Chris has grown some sweet facial hair over the years, so check that out. So those are the two key things I wanted to call out. Obviously we talked about Chris's sweet designer hat, God is a designer, and then just, you know, I just love his clean office. He's got the gray walls, white accents, got that nice glass display case. I wish we could see closer on what that is, probably full of design awards and his favorite designer books and little tchotchkes that would just blow our minds, I'm sure, if we can see that. So, Chris, we'll have to have you back and you can open, open up that chest of goodness and share with us what was going on there. That's it, my friends. Thanks again for joining us on this little program. And don't forget, tell your friends, tell your family that you've got a friend in me, a creative friend. On this little show we like to call Create or Die. So until next time, keep on creating. Create or die.